Before we get started, a word from 3BR, a sponsor of the Review Podcast Network. 3BR Distillery is a producer of unusual craft spirits, featuring a kitschy Slavic punk tasting room at 7 Main Street in Keyport, New Jersey. 3BR's unique Gorovka spirit is made from peas and is an homage to a family recipe, secretly distilled in the USSR. Experience craft cocktails made with Slavic-inspired ingredients in-house. Learn more about 3BR at 3BR Distilling on Instagram or visit the tasting room at 7 Main Street in Keyport, New Jersey. All right, welcome back to Matt and Mike Read Comics. This is Mike. And this is Matt. And And we we read comics. Today we are here back at the stash as we always are. We're talking about a stack of uh, comics that Mike gave me. I'm not sure if I can call these comics. They're like posters. No, you can call them <laughs> comics. They're uh, Treasury Edition. These were the uh, the collector's edition back in the 70s. These were the gold standard of comic books, which this I find the, hilarious. This is the uh, this is the absolute editions of comics because these were uh, back in the day. Comics were uh, around this time, between twenty-five and thirty-five cents. Right. So that's that's how you know. Yeah, two fifty here on this one. This is, is a two dollar and fifty cent book. That's insane. And how many pages is this bad boy? It's like fifty or this sixty. Is, yeah, like. it's actually seventy-two pages. Oh, so it's, it, it felt shorter than that. Uh, that's because they are huge pages. Yeah, these pages are amazing. I know, and, reading it, I'm like, I'm trying to hold it with, like, both hands. Like. Oh, yeah. If you're you're sitting on the shitter reading this, you're, like, all sorts of screwed up. It's like, oh, man, this sucks. But this is us. Uh, let me just tell the people out there what yeah. we're reading. It's Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and this is one of those ones where, for even the most casual comic book reader, you've at least seen the cover, right? It's Muhammad Ali and Superman in Superman garb, wearing the boxing gloves in yep. a boxing ring. It's a Neil Adams, you know, it's he did, he did the whole book, but it like, very famous. Everybody has seen this cover. Wraparound cover. Yep. And there, did you, did you check out the legend? On the inside, there is a legend. Oh, I didn't notice all that. All the people. Oh, oh man. Then you you didn't do I, all I kinda, your I kind of skipped through the, gotcha. the, the intro stuff and went uh, right, right to here, the... There are all of the characters Holy that shit. he's got. And a lot of them, Neil put uh, his friends over at Warner Communications, who was DC Comics. Yeah. Um, there are showbiz personalities. There are... Oh, this is hilarious. And, and they've got everybody in there. There's... Um, I mean, right away I see uh, Siegel and Schuster, right? Obviously, Siegel and Schuster, yeah, you Superman. should have them in there. But then I've got Andy Warhol, Joe Namath, Kurt Vonnegut. But this the, is hilarious. The funny thing is that uh, Siegel and Schuster, Neil Adams has a very big history with them. Right. Because he helped, he and Paul Levitz helped to get them their pensions. Oh, okay. From Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers essentially, well, DC Comics, National Periodicals back in the day, they essentially gave... Uh, Siegel and Schuster, $120 for Superman. Right. They bought him outright, and this is a character that went on to make billions, with a B, yeah. billions of dollars for Warner Brothers and DC Comics. Not the, not so much DC Comics as the umbrella of right, right. whoever owned DC Comics made them shit tons yeah. of money. And Siegel and Schuster, that... There's a really sad story where um, 
Su- uh, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman was opening on Broadway. And it was a musical about Superman. And a guy who was uh, an executive at DC at the time uh, pulls up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to see Superman. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. He's, and his, his cab driver's like, oh, wow, that's that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I created Superman. Stop yeah, it. With uh, with Jerry, Jerry Siegel. And it was Joe Schuster. Oh, my God. And he... He couldn't afford a ticket. Yeah. How that's, fucked that's up fucked is that? Up. Well, that's like also the other, um, well, two stories actually reminds me of. One is the guy that, um, uh, I, I believe the story is true. I'm not actually sure. I've read it a few times. But the guy that allegedly created the concept of the black suit, the, the symbiote suit for Spider-Man mm-hmm. and Secret Wars, was not like an employee or anything. No. It was somebody they bought the the drawing off the idea for like, I don't know, 30 bucks or like whatever it was. It was like 200 right? bucks. Yeah. Jim Shooter bought it. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then that goes on forever. And then, of course, you know, you've got very similar to Siegel and Schuster, right, the story of Bill Finger, which yes. is, you oh know. Um, have you watched that documentary, actually? I have not, but I've heard great things about it, and it's one of those things where you know it's like I'll get around to it and I happen to think the world of Jerry Robinson and Bill Bill Finger that the the contributions that they made comparatively speaking to uh, Bob Kane who took all the fucking credit yep and if you ever if you ever get to meet Jim Steranko ask him about the San Diego Comic-Con meeting between him and Bob Kane Oh, you know, it's funny because at that con that I ran into you at last year, the one that was at Bell Works, mm-hmm. Steranko was one of the um, yes. one of the guests, and I didn't, I didn't, like, I didn't feel like paying whatever he was charging to mm-hmm. to meet <laughs> gotcha. him, you know. Okay. Um, but I, I kind of like, you know, walk, walked by a little bit and just, you know, waved, he waved back or whatever. And I was, but he just like, he just, he just looked like a badass, like his whole demeanor, you know, he like is, just a cool. <laughs> he's about five foot four. Yeah, but yeah, he is. He's got the greatest hair. He's, yeah, I'm. I'm envious. I, I who have. I mean, I pride myself on my hair. But yeah, I am very envious of his hair. He That's, looked at the kind of guy, even the way he was dressed then, right? I, I'm like, I'm like that kind of guy. Like, if I was alive in the '70s, like that's the kind of guy I want to party with. Like, he exactly. looks like a fun time. You know, he's the guy who told uh, Tommy to go home and get his fucking shine box. Yeah, he, and, and, <laughs> and mean it. And uh, I, I did a couple of panels with him. Right, I moderated for him. And you don't stop Jim Steranko in the middle of a story. You just don't. He talks about um, they they would sharpen silver dollars. Sharpen them? Sharpen them. How? Like, um, a, like, like a stone? Like a stone, like, yeah. Wow. They would sharpen them, and they'd cut people. So if they ever got into, like, a, a, a rumble yeah. over in— uh, He was from Pittsburgh, I think? Right. Like, Pennsylvania. And— um, he That's was, like some real Peaky Blinders shit where they yeah, have like, you know, the razor blades in exactly. their hats or whatever. So, yeah, you don't fuck with Jim Steranko. And Bob Kane fucked with Jim Steranko. <laughs> Not a guy you really want to fuck with. So uh, just very amusing. But, yeah, find out that story. Bill Finger is – he and uh, Jerry Robinson created pretty much everything you know about Batman now. Right. Whereas Bob Kane wanted to make him – he had a domino mask. Yep. His, his – Uniform was predominantly red, and he had these ridiculous wings. The wings, yeah. They, they showed those sketches in the documentary, and it's like, I'm, I'm watching this documentary, and, it, and I'm just like, man, Bob, Bob Kane's kind of an asshole, isn't he? Like, just, kind of, you know, I mean, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, Bob Kane, uh, he had the, um, the fortune right. of having a father who was a lawyer. Oh, well, there you go. Back in 1939. When he came up with this concept, just a name, really, yeah. and a very vague concept, which was fleshed out by two amazing 
creators. So yeah, you know. So back on this comic, which yes. I, you know, re- reading through all this, right? There's a real people characters. Uh, the one yeah. thing I did notice immediately was right, yeah, right here in the front. Mm-hmm. I'm like Batman, obviously, right. and then like probably Lex Luthor. It was right? supposed to be Telly Savalas, <laughs> really, but Telly Savalas said, uh, "How much you paying me?" For the back of his head. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> well, actually, uh, his head was turned a little okay. bit this way. So you, so can you see. can see. Yeah. But, and he had a lollipop in his mouth. <laughs> and uh, they're like, nothing. And he's like, fuck you, take it off. <laughs> and so they reworked it as Lex Luthor. And I think he's Lex Luthor in here. Yeah, they, so. he's listed as that. So what I like about this comic, right, again, like, like I said, we've got a stack of them here that we're going to talk about. But what I like about this one more so than the other ones is – it's a little bit more rooted in the mythos, right? Like, you know, it's not just Muhammad Ali being able to beat up Superman. Like, they make a point of saying, oh, here's the red kryptonite, so yeah. my powers get taken away. And, like, and I love when he's, like, showing him how to box, and Superman's like, oh, shut up, I really don't know how to fight. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I've always, you know, not flown around people and uh, used super speed to punch him in the dick. Yeah, you know? right. Mm. So, like, so now here, you know, it's a, I mean, Muhammad Ali is very much Muhammad Ali here, just brash and cocky, which I, which I love. But these, you know, alien invaders, right? Because I'm not as much of a study on Superman as I am on other characters. Are, are are these characters, these alien invaders that they're fighting off here, are these like in any way canon to DC? Do they, do no. they appear anywhere else in DC? Or is this totally one off? No. I, was gonna say, I don't see... recognize a lot of these gooey, green looking face yeah. guys here. You, you see some of these guys, like um, Adam Strange. Right, and some the cameos. Aliens. Yeah. Uh, there is, there is, you know, they bring in a lot of people. And it's really just kind of weird. It it is super weird, and I like the, I like how this story is simplistic enough, you know, just standard alien invasion, right? Mm-hmm. To really let you know, would you know, the hero of the story is Muhammad Ali, right? It's like of that's course. the to let that shine. And I, I have to admit, here's one thing that never that I never get tired of seeing is this. And never get tired of super. I just turned to the page where Superman's laid up on a stretcher. Muhammad Ali beat his ass. I never get tired of seeing yeah. Superman get his ass beat. Yeah, I, it's it's pretty. You're like, oh shit. Um, even in like Superman two, yeah. where uh, he got his ass beat by that trucker, <laughs> yeah. you know, guy who just comes in and he eats with his mouth open, and mm-hmm. you know he's hitting on Lois Lane, and you know, excuse me, sir, would you care to step outside? And he. Sucker punches him. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow. If you knew who you were, you know, <laughs> we know he's getting his powers back. Yeah. He, he gave his powers away to be with Lois Lane. We know he's getting his powers back. Um, because, you know, they've already announced Superman 3. Uh, so you're like, oh, right. shit. And, uh, yeah, don't don't be sucker punching Superman. But, yeah, he got his ass whooped. And it's really funny because when they made this, um, they – Muhammad Ali was obviously the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. But when it came out, he was not. Oh, really? I think it was the timing Leon, he'd been yeah, the, I think it was Leon Sphinx. Yeah. Uh, was, and, but he had taken it again. But still, by the time this came out, he was no longer the heavyweight champion of the oh, world. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but, the, I mean, you know, he's still, he's still the GOAT. I mean, right. M- I, Muhammad Ali is... Whether you um, embraces his political views or his religion right. or whatever, he was a man who he stuck to his guns. He did, yep. And you know, not to get too political here, because we read comic books, not um, you know, not the politics, Constitution yeah, or whatever. Not, yeah, <laughs> we, don't, we don't read uh, into politics, but it's you know, you've got 
uh, Ali. He's he's a dude who, you know, he he threw fists for money. Yeah, and I uh, I I met his daughter at a con. Oh really? Yes, uh, Ta- Tatiana. Yeah, yeah, Tatiana. I think her name is yes. Um, just a sweet woman, and you know, she's also a boxer. Followed in her father's footsteps. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, I never got to meet him, but I mean, he was the goat. He is the. If when we think about uh, boxers, we think about and not fictitious. I'm not talking about thinking about you know Apollo Creed or Rocky or <laughs> Ivan Drago. Yeah. Right? We're thinking about when you, when you're thinking about um, like real live um, boxers, you think Rocky Marciano. Um, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. obviously, and, you know, like Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, and it's it's hard to, you know, um, argue against him being the greatest, too, because it's not like other sports, you know, like football and basketball, mm-hmm. whose rules and, you know, the, you know, in football, particularly like the padding and stuff they have, mm-hmm. right, have changed drastically over the last 50 years. Boxing hasn't really changed all that much. No, no, <laughs> not since, like, Roman times. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We put pads, they put pads on their hands so yeah. they don't. But still, you know, and, you know, Tyson said it best. You know, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> That's true. And then, yep. then all bets are off. And, and all bets are off. And Ali, um, I mean, just so so badass. I mean, he, he was a literal superhero yeah. in our world. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So this was really cool. And this was, and, 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 I, and I love how, like, it gets kooky, too. Like, this, this here where Superman has got, like, a Mission Impossible style face mask yeah. of Muhammad Ali right like sneaking in and then it's just he he he's he this 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 panel is great too he stumbles cuz he forgets he can't fly yep. and he's like oh shit I'm so used to flying it's like again I, I love stories like this whether they're you know actual canon or not that show superheroes and their weaknesses and like they're you know in superman's case a little bit of the hubris right and, of course cuz he's like I'm I am the greatest right and honestly, and, and what the what it was a joy for this one in particular, Neil Adams. I mean, just oh, like oh my god, the artwork is spectacular. Like I mean, Neil Adams just doesn't miss. I mean, you know, rest in peace, Mister Adams, who recently passed away. Um, but yeah, goddamn, this was a fun book to look at. Yes, it was, and yes, it is. And Neil was like a a lot of people are like, oh, he's a curmudgeon. I he was never anything but nice to me. Oh, you've met him before. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, you know, I, I think he's largely, in a lot of ways, credited for pulling um, the pu- pulling comic book art in general kind of more into modern times with his dynamic art style. Very much so. And if you look, you can see where um, he influenced John Byrne yep. and George Perez and Jim Lee and even Frank Miller. Yep. I was, I was going to say George Perez especially. I really, I really get a lot of those vibes here. Which, you know, and then it's kind of like watching, like, you know, Jim Lee and Andy Kubert. And you're like, oh. <laughs> right. And here, this is a, I mean, that's Burn. Uh, yeah. You know, Burn aped him a lot. And um, they actually, they had a little bit of a feud going Did on. Did they really? Yeah. Back in the 80s. little Marvel DC type of feud? Or? <clears throat> no, no. It was more of a, um, Burn was, Burn's, uh, he's, again, curmudgeonly. Yeah. Uh, again, I've never met, I've never met him. Uh, but I've heard stories and people are like, oh, you know, and I've read some of his stuff. He was in Comic Scene magazine back mm-hmm. in like 1981, 1980, 1981. And he was saying, you know, hey, these guys, you know, talking about creator rights. And Jack Kirby's like, I'm all about creator rights because, you know, it impacted me. I'm, you know, 
I'm in the business for 40-plus years yeah. by this point, and I just want what's fair. Yeah, because he and, co-created half the Marvel <clears throat> freaking universe. Of course, and Byrne is uh, kind of riding, kind not kind of, he's riding high because, you know, um, it's a little bit more cushy now right. at that point. Uh, they're getting paired, paid a, a more fair wage. Yep. Or a fairer wage. Yeah. Um, it'd go up later on, but, and, you know, creators would get rights. But <clears throat> Kirby was still trying to get his artwork back at that point. And Byrne was like, you know, y- you, you buy your tickets and you take your chances. And it's like, now he's like, <laughs> fuck Marvel. Marvel sucks. <laughs> DC sucks. They both burned me. And they did. They, no pun intended. They did burn it. Of, of course, course, yeah. Um, you know, when you're playing in somebody else's sandbox, you have to play by their rules. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was like, you know, once that happened, and he kind of got, you know, uh, his his nose hair singed. He's like, son of a bitch. You know, Kirby's right. Yeah. And, you know, a little reversal of fortune, and you know, God, I, I I think that it's not necessarily a horrible thing. Yeah. That, that he changed his mind, but you know, that's isn't that the way of life, right? A hundred percent, especially in comics. That's a more. I think it's more a little bit more of a cutthroat business than uh, people give it credit for yes. or not give it credit for. Um, and this this last piece oh here. Oh my god, this is such a beautiful. Uh, what what do they call them? End papers. Yeah, but I find it hilarious because it's it's a it's a full page spread, right? Double page spread. And it, but the the second page isn't a page; it's the back of the cover. Yeah, like they're the inside of the cover. Yeah, right? I like, thought I, that was cool. Yeah, I, I like that. Like it's I've never I never seen that until opening this up. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I like that. And it's Superman. We are the greatest, right? And yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, just this this was just a fun thing to read. So did this did this book or any of these other Treasury editions ever get printed in? Like normal comic book size? Yes, or, actually, they, okay, uh, yeah. Superman vs. Muhammad Ali, they came out with a smaller hardcover yeah. about 10 years ago. Oh, okay. you oh can't that find recently. It on, oh, yeah. wow, okay. You can find it on Amazon for like, uh, it was like 30, 30 bucks. Prior to that, was that this was this the only way to find them? That was the only way to find them. Holy, see, that's wild to me. Yeah. Because I, like I said, I just never knew, like I, I always knew the, a lot of these comics existed, but I'd never seen any of them in person, so I just assumed they were regular sized comics. I never no. knew they were huge. They were huge. You could get them at, uh, like, mom and pop, uh, yeah. uh, luncheonette kind of things with squeaky racks, but they weren't on the squeaky racks. They were over by the, um, the Rolling Stones and right. the oversized stuff, and you had to go looking for them. And you could buy these from, like, Heroes World. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, or you could send away to DC and they would, you know, 250, but you had to wait like six to eight weeks. Oh, God. Remember those days when oh you my had God, stuff you could six cut out? To eight weeks. The coupons and shit you could cut out from the back of your, uh-huh. your comics and mail them in. And That's, like, why do you think comics are, you know, if you look inside certain comics, you're yeah. like, Oh fuck! Somebody cut that out. Yeah, you cut out like the for the the trading cards or the oh yeah the man. Uh, Marvel Marvel uh, value stamps the Marvel value which they, stamps they yep. made a um uh, a hardcover book about oh, really? Marvel value stamps. Yeah. That's amazing. There and was there was a whole bunch of like uh, Incredible Hulk one eighty ones with those value stamps taken out. Oh wow! Because it, I think that was Shanna 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 the She Devil. Yeah. I think that's what was in that one that everyone's what, like, yeah, I want it. What was that one that was in like the it's like the late '80s, early '90s, where you could like call in to like 
it was like it was like you would play a game, but you would like call in and like pick a character. Yes, oh, I forget. Like I, I remember, I remember in the back of my comics, like, I always in, wanted to call. My mom was like, "No, what are you fucking kidding me?" It's yeah, like back when like you had to like pay for minutes and stuff. Nine hundred like numbers you know? where yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, and now Banshee will yes, yeah. right, yeah. and he's talking like this, <laughs> and you're like, "Come on, hurry up!" Don't you know this is costing me money? Yeah. It's like, and Banshee. Goes ah, yeah. it's is, like, it, is it a local what? or a long distance call? No, it doesn't matter. It's it's like they're charging. It's like yeah. ching, and you're like five minutes that took me to get through three sentences, and that's eighty five dollars. Yeah, Banshee barely threw a punch. Yeah, bastard. <laughs> oh god. All right, so let's talk about these some of these other ones. This is so this is where it gets weirder. This is where a lot of the um, any sort of attempt I feel like at some some elements of storytelling of explaining how Spider-Man and Superman exist in the same world. They're just, like, thrown out the window. Yeah, they don't really give a shit. They're like, like you know what? This is on a separate Earth. Right. This is um, this is Earth DC Marvel. Like, I was fully expecting when I first started reading the Superman versus Spider-Man, which, again, for even the most casual comic book reader, you've probably seen this cover. Spider-Man's on top of uh, what I assume is the Empire State That's Building, That's the Empire right? State Building, yeah. yeah. Um, and Superman's flying by, and they're about to throw hands, and it's just, you start reading the comic, and it's like, they just already exist in the same world. Yeah, this is a really, um, this cover especially, there's a lot of history behind this. This was oh, done really? by Ross Andrew. Yep. Um, but um, Neil Adams uh, left. Uh, he would he would break into Marvel Studios at night. Yeah, he'd go there. I mean, it's not yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you're breaking in, <laughs> but he would go in at night, go to Ross Andrews' cubicle, and erase. He erased the face and put Superman's face in there. <laughs> he drew Superman's face because he didn't want Ross Andrew to fuck it up. Oh, that's so funny. I know, and and you're like, oh my god, that is so. Right there. Because it looks like it. Neil Adams. It's Neil yeah. Adams. And that looks like Ross Andrews' Spider-Man. Yep. And he's like, well, he's not going to fuck this up if, if I have anything to do oh, with it. Oh, that is so and, great. Uh, this is the second um, crossover between DC and Marvel. What was the first one? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. No, that's not true. It was, um, I'm sorry, not Rudolph. <laughs> Look at me just being a, a complete <laughs> arrogant ass. It was um, uh, Wizard of Oz. Really? Yeah. How so? Uh, cool. they, did Marvel they, have one of the rights to... Yeah, they both did. Really? Yeah, they had the rights. Actually, um, it's a convoluted story, folks, and you can probably go on to... There are, there's a, a, a website that, you know, talks about these, like, little conspiracies. Yeah. The, the weird stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But Marvel uh, had the, the rights, and DC wanted to publish them, too, because I think uh, okay. Warner Brothers had the rights to the movie. But... As we all know, you know, if you've got um, – there there are so many different challenges. Like, you have the rights to cartoon Robin as opposed to yes. live-action Robin. Yes, of and course. And Batman and those guys. So right. They had um, comic book rights as opposed to movie rights. Yep. yep. So – and you're like, really? That's, right. That's the distinction. But that's that started it. That's and too funny. Like, yeah, let's make money. And DC – Went to Marvel and said, let's do this. Yeah. And it's, oh, okay. So they're like, hey, let's do Superman and Spider-Man. So that's so that's something that I find <clears throat> interesting, too, is a lot of that, those collaborations, right? Because I feel like, especially in this day and age with, like, social media and just everybody just 
being annoying on social media, right? You know, it, it feels like the, it, it makes you feel like there's more uh, bad blood between like the Marvels and the DC than there might actually be. There right? really isn't any, and right? It, like I mean, it's they're they're competitors, but so what? It's like yeah, the Yankees and the Mets. There's no right. real bad blood between them. It's not like there's a bl- there's a blood vendetta, right? So to know? do stuff like this, it's really just you know, like Jim Shooter's calling up, you know, somebody, and it's like, hey, we're we want Spider-Man and Superman to get together. Yeah. Part of the problem is, uh, and this was Stan and, actually, I think it was Roy Thomas at the time, and uh, Carmen Infantino. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Julius Schwartz. Yeah, there you go. Consulting editing yep. by Roy Thomas, oh, Julius Marv Schwartz. Wolfman. And E. Nelson Bridwell, who, uh, and, and this was, I mean, this is a cool-ass thing. Yeah. Where you've got uh, Superman just, you know. Flying around, he's there's Lex Luthor's involved, right, and Doc Ock too. Yeah, and they're uh, two of the the world's greatest, their own separate world's greatest minds. But you know, um, well, that's what I love. I want I want to find the uh, the page because like like I was saying, the, just the any abandon abandoning any any sort of storytelling from a why are these two together? But there's this one. This one panel, I think, where where Doc Ock is already in prison, and like Lex Luthor shows up, and they're both just like he's like Doc Ock, Lex Luthor, yeah, right here. It's like Lex Luthor here, Doc Ock. It's like they, like they know each other, right? Yeah. Like I, I just I love stuff like this because it's like this are just this, the two different universes here, right? Of course, yes. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah, they're all great. I love this. Uh, stuff. So that's why it is. But um, one of my favorite things is having uh, Peter Parker go to work for yes the, for the Daily the Bu- Daily Bugle. Uh, uh, yeah, the Daily Planet. Yes, and uh, daily Clark going to work for the Bugle and um, Peter hitting on Lois. This, oh, that was such a great bit. And like, just being like, well, you know, it, it's just so weird. You know, it's yeah. Like, and she's like, look, dude, I've I've had sex with Superman. Yeah, you're you're, you're a, a cub reporter. You're you're a, mm-hmm. a photographer. Well, and and it's and I feel like that whole. Uh, that's like a recurring bit with Superman throughout the ages where the other, whatever hero, the hero of the day that he's teaming up with in their mm-hmm. secret identity capacity is in the Daily Planet and hitting on Lois Lane. Like, we've seen, we've seen Bruce Wayne do it, like, plenty of times, oh, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, I just, I love that little, that bit. I feel like everyone's always trying to hit on Lois Lane because it's like a Clark Kent, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, he could just break you in half by thinking about it. Yeah, this was this was a fun this was a fun comic. Um, this one this one's a little this was been through some shit, huh? This comic. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, uh, it's, it's a little water damage, but it's still fun. It's still fun to read. <laughs> um, and this one too, again, like right here, again, just no semblance of explaining really. Like Spider Man, even at his strongest, couldn't you know? No, unless would, Superman let him, couldn't do this. Right, and he would. Uh, I mean, just break his just shatter fist. his hand. Yeah, just shatter his hand. I mean, Spider-Man is, you know, we were talking about this in our last episode, you know, how Spider-Man's a lot stronger than he is often given credit for, but he's still not anywhere near the same level as, as Superman. Um, but this, I also, like we, we mentioned it kind of at the beginning, the, the, the Ross Andrew art, I really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. his art in this book as well. I've obviously read a bunch of other stuff that he did for, for Spider-Man, you know, during this era or whatnot, but I just, like, he reminded me 
this stuff, right, I feel like was very much his style of the time, right, oh, yeah. where you, you and what I'm pointing to, because I'm, I'm, I'm pointing to it as so people can fucking see, it's, the, you know, the, uh, the artwork where it shows a character like Spider-Man who's doing a type of acrobatic move, and instead of just showing the end of the move, there's actually, like, four Spider-Man that are, you know, a little bit lightly colored to illustrate. Here is you the... You see the, the tumbling. Right. And I and I love stuff like that because it really helps illustrate, really gets you into the action to show you how, you know, um, how, how, how the uh, athletic these characters actually are. And then, of course, eventually you get to the point here where Superman starts, or Spider-Man starts to break his hands. <laughs> you know, Punching right? Superman, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just good stuff. This is fun. Did you, you, you obviously, what do you like about this one the most? Um, there's so much to love about this. Um, Spider-Man telling, or uh, Peter Parker telling J. Jonah Jameson to go fuck himself. Yes. That was awesome. Um, and this is the first time now kids are, you've got um, YouTube videos, like really amazing videos of Vader kidnapping Superman yes. and Batman coming and kicking Vader's ass. Yep. Um, which is, you're like, oh man, that is so awesome. And that's fan made. Yep. Uh, this is the only time we legit had these guys. And I really would have loved to have had Superman take on somebody other than Doc Ock. Right. It would have been fun to see him take on, like, I don't know, like a rhino or something like a that. A rhino would have been cool uh, if they'd had the juggernaut. Yeah. Uh, somebody that, that could have gone toe to toe with Superman for more than, like, three minutes exactly this was i forgot about this too this panel here this page is like it reminds me of you know how because because there was obviously a point in time where you know comic books obviously got more serious and more serious as the decades went on but there's still this element of silliness to these Mm. even in the 70s right where doc ock loses his glasses my glasses i can't see right and then he puts them back on they're broken he goes oh shit they're broken you know like it's just like like a little bit of like slapsticky right a little bit of um charlie brown yeah exactly and all the and all the seriousness yeah, I like, I like this back here on the back cover, showing you how the cover yep. was uh, was born. Yes, yeah, so this was this was this was fun. I'm glad. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, letting me read some of these here. Oh, of course. What else we got in this pile here? You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah. um, we were talking before we even went on that uh, we had. This was at a time the limited collectors edition presents. Yes. Uh, this is at a time before there was uh, trade paperbacks. Oh yes, I wanted to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, because I don't, you know, I mean, like I, like I was saying uh, before, right? I primarily read trade paperbacks these days because I just don't have the the time, unfortunately, to come and get comics every week, you know, um, and, and nor do I have the the space to kind of, you I know, you, whatever. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 TPBs fit nicely on my on bookshelves and whatnot, um, and they but, look fantastic, right? They look great, but yeah, you know, it never occurred to me until you mentioned it. You know, I didn't really know how long trade paperbacks have been like. A thing for right, but and you were saying it doesn't really sound like that long. No, actually, uh, trade paperbacks they started out in the seventies. Okay, uh, when we had the fireside books. Oh yeah, okay, and those pocket books. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw those. They I had, think I've um, seen those. Yeah, Fantastic Four had one. Yeah, it went from like one to issue five, and that's what it was. You had five issues in any one, and Spider Man had three of them, and I think it got up to like number 14. Yeah. And Hulk had two. Captain America had one. Even Spider-Woman got in on the edge. Yeah. She had one. Doctor Strange had a couple. Um, and they were they were all in color, and it reprinted stuff in like chronological order. And you're like, 
this is badass. Yeah. And then they had the Fireside books, which was like um, Origin of Marvel Superheroes and then Son of Origins. Right. You had uh, Bring on the Bad Guys and Superhero Women. And DC did the same thing. They had a bunch of books as well, but there there weren't omnibuses. You right. You didn't have books that, you know, started and finished. God bless you. Started oh, you. and finished. You know, it was like, oh, this is a full story arc. Right. Um, it, it just, I guess they didn't think about that. Yeah. So I was uh, just, bless you. <laughs> yeah, thank so, you. So who, so who did it? First, was it Marvel or DC, or was it kind of like together? It, it, they, I think, I, I got, I, I don't know the answer to yeah. that question. Because that's I something wish I, I find fascinating. Because, because, like, because for me, right, I feel like it would be a real kind of like light bulb moment to be like, hey, why don't we do something like this? Because right. one of the things that I always found um, annoying back when I was really collecting comics mm-hmm. pretty regularly were when titles like, you know, X-Men or Spider-Man or Superman, right, had multiple titles, right, you know, so you had Uncanny X-Men, X-Men, right, right? Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, whatever, right? But they're all, it's all the same character and they're all the same world, right? And every once in a while, actually, you know, quite often, right, they'd have a story arc that would, you'd have, you know, issue 100 as part one of the story and issue 30 of the other titled book, and it's like, and, you know, but I, as a kid, right, I wasn't reading all four, you know, freaking X-Men mm-hmm. titles. So I used to find it so annoying to have to try to keep up with things. So sometimes I'd go from, like, one issue to the next issue, and I have no idea what the hell is going on because there's two other issues right. that I hadn't read. And that's one of the reasons why I really love trade paperbacks because they're either combining, you know uh, – single um, runs of an individual story, but very often, especially nowadays, I feel like they're taking a lot of these stories and that would span different um, titles of the same book and making them into, like, one story. So you can buy, like, all of, you know, the I, I just bought the... Uh, what, did I, what did I just buy... Uh, a few a few weeks ago, oh my God, it was one of the X Men stories. Um, Executioner song. Thank you. Yes, there it was Executioner go. song, right? Which again took place over like four different X books, like X Factor and X Force. Oh my right? God, yeah, and Cable you know? and the X Men. Yeah, and, and the know. book is like is this, like this thick, but at the yeah. end of the day, it's the complete story arc, and I love that. And they also threw in um, X Men Unlimited because mm-hmm. they did the same thing with uh, Spider Man and Maximum Carnage. Yes. So uh, I want to. Oh God, yes. I want to say that it started with. Um, um, they they had a a, a book called uh, I think it was Superman from the 30s to the 70s yeah and then they did the same thing with Batman Batman from the 30s to the 70s and then they had a Shazam book which was Shazam from the 40s to the right. you know, 70s and you're it gave you like these chunks of books and it was really weird because they were all black and white except for in the middle. And it was so jarring because you're reading black and white, black and white, black and white, and then color. Yeah. In the middle of a story, and you're like, "What the fuck? Why? Why isn't this all color?" And then it it stopped, and it was black and white again. You're like, "That made no sense. That was yeah. the weirdest thing in the world." But you're like, "All right, I'm I'm rolling with it. I'm you know I'm a '70s kid. You know, I, right? You know, closest thing I've got to a, a superhero on TV is uh, Reb Brown as Captain America. And God bless you, Reb." Um, but I was like, oh, geez, this is it, – it's badass. This is really, really cool. But it's some of the most atrocious stories. Yeah, of course. And, and you're looking at uh, – they also had the, the little 
pictures, you know, like, oh, here's other covers from the 1950s. And you're like, oh, I wish they'd printed that one where, you know, it's um, Batman carrying Robin. Like, Robin dies at dawn, and everyone aped that one. Like, the uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths mm-hmm. cover apes that with Superman holding Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Cyclops holding Jean Grey's corpse, you know, in um, the Child of Light and Darkness. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man. You said apes was I mean to copy like is that apes a, yeah is yeah. that like a comic book term to ape it or is, I've to never heard that before no it's it's a copy to I've ape never, it yeah. I've never heard that before yeah. I'm gonna start using that yeah, so yeah I like you, that <laughs> yeah he's aping it so you come 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 to this podcast to learn things yeah <laughs> I'm trying to teach you um, yeah you know and you but mentioned oh, yeah these guys they uh, the treasuries were a repository of just they they picked the theme and they ran with it. Which I, which I mean, I think that this this concept is really cool. And I don't know, do they do they do um, do they do stuff like this? I mean, I, I know they're not making giant books like this anymore. But aside from like, what, what, is there any modern day equivalent to these oh, types of yeah, treasuries? They are actually Marvel's doing treasuries. There's um, oh uh, Ed Piscor's uh, X Men. Oh, I know Ed Piscor. Yeah, yeah, he did the um, like Genesis and. Second Genesis, um, no, Grand Design. Grand so like Design totally self-contained stories, right? Yeah, these like, are, but they're like, uh, it's almost, um, do you remember Jimmy Corcoran, Smartest Kid on Earth? It was uh, no. It was a comic book back in the day. Yeah. Uh, it was like by Fantagraphics, I think. Okay. And it, it was just like all over the place, but that's what Ed Piscor did. Uh, he took it and he, he weaved the entire the page became like a tapestry. Oh, that's cool. And was, I'll, you know what? I'll bring that next time. You're going to have to read that. Yeah, I'll have to check that um, out. That sounds awesome. And DC's doing it. They're reprinting this size. Uh, they've got Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, the wedding of, yep. um, I think it was, was it Lightning Lad and uh, Saturn Girl? Yeah. And the Superman versus Wonder Woman. Those were, again, you know, not reprints. They were told, you know, for the time, they yeah, were, yeah, they were original stories done for the time. So yeah, because I remember, I remember seeing um, a while back that Claremont was doing a run on like the '90s X-Men, like the continuation yeah. of you know basically when he got you know more or less kicked off when you know Jim Lee and that whole crew came on. Yeah, it was called uh, wasn't that Extreme? No, and that wasn't Extreme. It was uh, oh god, um, this this is what sucks about getting old. It was X-Men. <laughs> Um, was it called X Men '90 or like no? No, it had uh, it had a name. It was like the X-Men, it wasn't classic X Men. It was like X Men Forever, X Men something. I yeah, and it, it, it was a very cringy kind of name. I yeah, remember and Remy. Remy wasn't Remy LeBeau anymore. It was Remy? Yes, you're right. Dartuvian or yeah, something. And something you're like, weird. That's and um, psych. Uh, uh, Wolverine had lost a claw. Right, I remember that. Like yep. losing a tooth. Yeah, because I read a few of those, and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because at that point, right, it was before you knew about those, before Magneto ripped the adamantium out, so you didn't mm-hmm. know that the claws were part of his. Up until yeah. that point, it was still the claws were uh, put in, yeah. you know, from Weapon X, but not actually the bone, yeah. And I thought that was mind-blowing as a kid when you read that, and the bone claws coming, like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, he had claws. That's yeah. weird. That's a cool um, twist. Uh, but yeah, that was... But then you find out that Kitty Pride kept it. I know. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Thank God he didn't have something else fall off, you right. know? Um, yeah. What else are you keeping back there, Catherine? And then, then Catherine. you had, Exactly. And then you had Cyclops, who was 
Uh, still in love with Gene, but she broke up with him for Logan. Right. And that was, like, lame. Yeah, that was, like, it, it you know, I remember all, all the years reading those comics, all of that weird sexual tension that was always there. The sometimes when they would, like, hook up and it was, like, he was always, like, you know, Logan was always kind of the bad boy. But, it like, you, you never wanted them to be together. No. You always you? wanted it to be that weird kind of, like, love triangle, yeah. lust type thing. And then Claremont's just like, nope. Fuck it, we're gonna go right into yeah, it. Yeah, because Claremont was obviously, you know, master of subtlety. <laughs> if you've never known, and I'm, I'm not, I loved the Burn Claremont run yes. of X Men, my hands down favorite. But that's because um, Burn was there plotting with him, right? You know, and uh, he got fed up with Claremont's like, you know, well, this has to be, the, and just, uh-huh. and I've I've known guys like that, and I've I've actually. Um, I got to do a – I moderated a panel with him, and it was like I'm never moderating another panel yeah. with Chris Claremont again. <laughs> so um, so I want to just lastly talk about with our uh, – we have, a, another, again, a whole pile here, but this one I like too, the uh, Superman versus the Flash or the, the race, yes. right? Because it's just so classic, right? And I have to imagine that in – at this time, right in comics, it wasn't necessarily was it was it necessarily a settled argument at this time who was oh, faster? No, 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 no. They never right. They right around now. They they would never ever. I mean, you're talking like 1964, 65. I was gonna say this one looks a little bit older than the other ones yeah. too. You would never have them state and these again reprints from I think World's Finest and uh, Action Comics. Yeah, and. I think they also there were, there were like five or six of the the races, which is really cool. Um, but it was always, oh, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna is he gonna beat? Is my hero gonna win? And it's like, oh, geez, shucks, my hero lost. And you're like, oh, geez, <laughs> but, gee, Willikers. <laughs> yeah, you're going to disappoint half of your crew. Yeah, half of the readership's gonna be like, oh, I wanted Superman to win, and the other <laughs> one's like. Hey Flash, you're you're the you're the greatest, but you're a jerk for beating Superman. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's like um, I it was I think that they um, when they depowered Superman a little bit, mm-hmm. that's when it got settled because he's right. he's the fastest man. Right, because like, alive. what's the point of of calling him the fastest man alive right. if Superman can be just as fast and also super strong? Yeah. Right, like you know, yeah, yeah. Because and, and that's also one of those things where it's it's like the Thor problem. Yes. What do you? How do you fit Thor into the Avengers because he's so powerful? Yeah. And how do you fit Superman in the Justice League because he? Is just as powerful as all of them combined. Which you know why? You know what? You, I've never read a Thor comic. Really? Yeah, because I, I I have always I've always loved his character in in any medium I've seen him in. I've always loved his mm-hmm. character, but I've always found myself loving him so much as a member of a team. Right. Right. That I almost like I'm sure I would read some Thor comics and enjoy them, but I've. I primarily read him either as a member of the Avengers or wherever mm-hmm. else he's teaming up with. And I'm like, I almost don't want to read an individual story now because I just love him so much as this, gotcha. you know, character, right? Like, because like you said, he's, it's, 
he works better on a team, I feel like, than he would in some individual stories. But, I mean, that's just me. I've never, I mean, I, I, I would like to read some Thor comics, but it's like bottom of my list, I'd say. Here's the horrible thing is if you read 70s ones, you're going to get that flowery prose and deadly yeah. thou shalt. And it's like he's from Val. He, right. And, and, it's, and it's probably back, Norse, for, and it's back before he was even like when you're still Donald Blake with yeah. the stick, you know, like in the. Well, uh, anything from the 70s is and you have him dealing with anything in Asgard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, yeah, you're killing me. Yeah. You know, who cares if and, and if you're in Asgard. And the threats are so much greater. Why aren't you staying there? Why That's are you coming the, to Earth? Right, exactly. That was like you, you know, the defender of because you love humans so much. Yeah, like, or right. he wants to just be a big turd in a small, uh, <laughs> small bowl, and and that's that more than anything is like ew. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's kind of makes him feel real douchey. Well, one of my favorite things. Ow, yeah. One of my favorite things about like this that seventies and eighties kind of. Um, Thor mentality was when they, when Jim uh, Shooter, he took over for uh, Steve Englehart Mm -hmm. as the writer of the Avengers back, you know, late 70s. And he brought Wonder, Steve Englehart brought Wonder Man back from the dead. And then Jim Shooter's like, well, let's, let's, let's fuck around with this guy. Yeah. And you had two like incredibly powerful, and we're not even talking about, uh, this this team had Iron Man on it. This team had the Vision on it. Right. This team had Wonder Man. This team had Thor popping up every once oh, in that, a while. Oh, that 70s team was stacked. That was, <laughs> and then you had, like, Cap, who's amazing on his own. And then you had the Scarlet Witch, who was way powerful. Right. And then you had your your guys like Black Panther and the Beast, who were, you know, just so fucking cool. Yeah. You know? And Yellow Jacket and the Wasp and... I mean, that was a really... You're right. It was a stacked group. Yeah. But one of the coolest things was they he started to, like, overpower the... Um, the They overpowered all of the um, the villains. Right. Like Graviton. He had the power of gravity. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm, and they still stomped him. Yeah, I know. And, well, I mean... He stomped himself. That's right, that, that, that's, that's actually like, true. He, yes, he, yes. You know, he was kicking Thor's ass, <laughs> and then you had uh, Count Nefaria. Yep. And you're like, holy shit! This is—it's their version of Superman, right? Because he had um, laser, he had heat vision. He's and I mean, I look in the mirror, I'm like, hey, I look like Count Nefaria. I'd be pretty <laughs> cool about that, Luciano Nefaria. Um, and it's just like, wow, that. But you have this guy who could take down all of the Avengers, and he beat the living shit out of Wonder Man. Yes, he did. That's right. Um, I mean, it took the vision to take him out. So it's like, holy crap. And then you had Ultron, of course. Of course. Ultron is you know made of the most um, incredible metal, adamantium. He's one of my favorite villains of all time. <clears throat> Ultron? Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, because you can never get rid of him. Because you can never get rid of him, and every he's one of those villains. Every every time, I, every time I've read one of his stories, it's always something that feels, like, fresh with mm-hmm. him, even though his, his ultimate goal is still the destruction of humanity. The way he always seems to go about it always somehow feels fresh. I always enjoy reading Ultron stories as a villain, which is one of my forever annoyances about uh, the MCU because the mo- the movie version of him, while James Spader did a wonderful job, the movie was just a little flat overall. It was. It, and, you know, why would he use 
to humans to help him. Right, exactly. He would use no humans to help him. He would subjugate humans, exactly. absolutely. But no, it was just like, ugh. Yeah. Um, sorry, you, you got anything else on this uh, on these treasuries here, man? This was these were these were fun reads. I really enjoyed. They these. really are. Um, the there was um, a couple in here that are notable for people to pick up if they're uh, of a mind. There was the Batman Hulk. Batman Hulk that was, was great. Uh, Sha- Joker in the Shape of Worlds, which is weird. Oh, this is so good. Um, this one. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, this was who did the artwork in here? This was I think this was uh, Perez, wasn't it? No, it was uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Oh, okay. Uh, and Dick Giordano, and they went back and forth for uh, like all the the stuff. Yeah. Um, Superman versus Shazam. This was also um, this was a great one. This was really really kick ass because it, I mean um, you had a white Martian. So yes, it's like it's so weird. And this was also to um, this one is one of the ones that felt the most like like it could actually be a part of DC yeah, kind of lore. lore, right? Because they, they even say, you know, he talks about like, what are you doing when he first sees him? He goes, what are you doing on our Earth, right? Why aren't yeah. you on your Earth, right? So the acknowledging the existence of the multiverse. Um, yeah, this guy looks like a Lex Luthor, which I just always I found hilarious. Um, and then, you know, you had the Supergirls in here and Mary mm-hmm. Marvel, right? And it just – and I don't remember ever – Supergirl having that logo on the like on the breast like that. I thought yeah, it was she always. Did. I, I always remember being more. You know, I never. I don't ever remember seeing it 70s. like that. Yeah, that was in the seventies. I guess when I read she, back to the seventies. She had her own. Um, she had her own strip in Superman Family. Okay. Superman. There was a Superman Family of books and Batman Family. Was, that's that's the name of the book. Batman Family, <laughs> and it had Batgirl. And Robin, and you'd get like Man Bat. Yep. Michael Golden art on Man Bat and oh, the cool. Demon, and it was like, oh my god, this is fantastic. Yeah. And they they had the Huntress in there and Batwoman. Oh, that's cool. And it was it was very cool because you're like, wow, does this happen on Earth two or Earth one? Yep. What's going on? <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, this this one was a lot of fun to read. I I enjoy. Um, I always enjoy watching uh, Shazam and. Uh, Superman duke it out because they're pretty evenly matched. Oh my god, yes. You know, like especially in uh, in Kingdom Come, right when they have that, like that was such a cool moment. Yep. Also, uh, yeah, this this one I really enjoyed too. And then, yeah, yeah, Black Adam was in this one too. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, Black Adam and uh, who else is on? It was uh, the it was the I, oh um, I the Sandman, the Sand Superman. Yes, which is weird because uh, back in when they. They made kryptonite um, obsolete, and they're like, "Hey, let's let's kick kryptonites, you know, off off of Earth and make Superman incredibly powerful." Ah, uh, here it is. Yeah, the Sand Superman. <laughs> He's like, you know what? Um, it's from the uh, this alternate dimension. So <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, and that's the Ibis stick, and which is really cool. Ibis, you know, um, Ibis the Invincible, also of um, Shazam universe. Right. S. Yes. But they they don't have him like hanging out here. Yeah. So it's kind of like bah. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that and you know um but this was be I think it was a bit before or a bit after they had uh Superman and they had a Justice League Justice Society team up where they go to Earth S. Oh, okay. And it was actually very cool cuz King Call who is this caveman with superpowers. If you ever watched Batman Brave and the Bold, um, Booster Gold just 
it's it's a really fun. Watch. Oh, that's cool! I have to watch that. I haven't actually watched Brave and the Bold. You I have should. To, yeah, it's amazing. I have to put that on my list. I've I've watched. I mean, the, the DC animated just like crushes it every time. Oh yeah, this is so much to watch. There's constantly pumping stuff out. I can't keep up, but it's always good. But it's this is it's uh, three seasons and it's done. Oh, okay, that's and quick. Diedrich, ba- Diedrich Bader is just amazing as Batman. Diedrich Bader plays Batman yes. in that. I didn't realize. Fist of Justice. <laughs> okay, that's that, right. That alone is worth the price of admission. And that, yeah, <laughs> Batman does not eat nachos. And yeah, that that line alone makes uh, makes the entire uh, series worth it. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Um, so, uh, so for next episode, um, just doing this episode has given me ideas for the next episode. I think it would be fun because we're talking about all this like crossover stuff. How would you like to do? I've got a few ideas, but how would you like to do? Remember in the let's do them all, right? Yes. <laughs> remember in the '90s when uh, there was that big DC versus Marvel thing where sure. people voted for who would win. And it was yeah. like a four or six issue run, right? It was a four issue run, yeah. yes. And I then would, it, it ended up as the amalgam, the amalgam universe. Yeah. Oh God, I would love let's 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 talk about that. Um, the the four issue run, a little bit of the amalgam universe, and we can talk about who we thought um, would have won, you know, those gotcha. battles. Because sure. I remember vehemently disagreeing with a few of them. Uh, there are some, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what makes comic book uh, fandom so great. Is we vehemently right. object to things. I think so. that would be fun. And then sure. you but you mentioned earlier Maximum Carnage. I think that would be a fun thing to talk about because that is so. That whole story is so bonkers off the wall uh, it's, it's to me, but it's so much fun, right? It is. Yeah. So what we're going to do is, uh, yes, we'll talk about DC versus Marvel, and then we'll do an in-depth uh, deep dive on the Amalgam Universe because I have all four of the trade paperbacks, which yes. uh, you will swing by, and I will loan to you. Yes. Now we're talking. Yes. I love it. Um, all right, cool. Well, I mean, listen, great time as always uh we hope you loyal listeners learned something about comic books today <laughs> yeah and, and uh if you didn't then uh go on youtube they got plenty of stuff yeah <laughs> you know there's so much crap out there but yeah find out about uh siegel and schuster's battle with um with tc that was pretty cool and yep. uh, you know creator's rights that's that's i mean we're Finding that out today, it's still yeah, we're dealing with it right now, right? Yeah. yeah, we're right in the middle with the SAG, uh, AFTRA, and the the Writers Guild. Yeah, so, and you know AI is it was not even a thing back when these things were going on, but you know you need humans behind. I know the, the thought, wheel. the thought of AI writing anything is just I'm not I'm not here for it. Well, the thing that pisses me off most is and. You know me, I'm I'm very shy about giving my <laughs> opinion. Um, I I think that you know when you do something like this by um, committee, mm-hmm. it always ends up. Um, I, I'm not trying to be a poet, but it always ends up shitty. When you do things by committee, it ends up shitty. I couldn't agree um, more. When, but you if you have like a flow of ideas, like um, perfect example is uh, X Men. Uh, the Dark Phoenix side. Yes. Even editorial got involved, but that was more for, I don't, I don't want to say moral reasons, but yeah, sort of moral right, reasons. Yeah. Because yeah. Jim Shooter said she needs to pay for her crimes. Jean Grey needs to pay for what she did. And because that's what heroes do. Right. And he's, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. And it made for an amazing comic book that we're still talking about to this day, 40 years later. Yep. So, I mean, yeah. Um, so, yeah, any anything that's 
you know, AI inspired is going to be soulless mm-hmm. and it's going to suck. And I don't see why people are um, think that that's a good thing. Yeah, I can understand the I can understand the studios point of view on it because they're just a bunch of you know soulless jackasses that yeah. want to make money but for like the the regular joes like me and you that are out there saying i support the studios and the use right. of ai what the fuck is wrong with you people yeah seriously yeah. if you're if you're that if you're soulless like that um i mean i guess go to hell I'm, I mean, I'm, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what it is it's like i you're entitled to your opinion but you know, yeah, don't make it right. Yeah, that doesn't make it right. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people thought, you know, a lot of shit that, you know, went down back in the 17 and 1800s is right. Yeah. Doesn't make it right. Exactly. So, just because you think it's right, don't mean it's right. So. Oh, God. Well, this has been a fun episode, as always. Love love doing these with you, Mike. Can't wait for the next one. Oh, yeah. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm Matt. I'm Mike. And, and we, we read, read comics. comics.